Thank you to this episode's sponsor, Tai Tung Pharmacy, an Asian American business located in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome back to the Incluvi Movie Podcast. We are so excited to be back for season two, where we will continue to talk about all things media and diversity, with new episodes and new guests who will share a myriad of different perspectives. As always, I'm Matthew Stiuso. And I'm Kathy Yee. For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing writers' rooms and the importance of diverse perspectives behind the scenes. We will also be joined by Christina Wu, who will share her experience working as a professional television writer for shows such as The Affair and Netflix's Emmy-nominated series, Halston. But before that, we're going to get into our pop culture moment and talk about what's new and trending in entertainment. Well, a lot has happened since our last episode, so we'll give a quick recap of some of our favorite and some of the most talked about moments. Starting with a hugely celebrated and historic Emmy nomination, with MJ Rodriguez becoming the first openly transgender woman to be nominated for a lead acting category for her role in Pose, let's hope she'll soon become an Emmy winner. Also, in exciting news, Pixar released the trailer for their brand new film, Turning Red a coming-of-age film about a young girl who turns into a giant red panda when she's stressed or excited. The film is set to be the full-length debut of Domi Shi, an animator who became renowned as both the first woman to direct a Pixar short and the first woman of color to win an Academy Award for an animated short film with Bao. And lastly, the Tokyo Olympics are underway. And while there is so much to cheer about, we are also disappointed that runner Shikari Richardson was banned from the ceremony for partaking in the recreational use of marijuana. In our last episode, we were extremely excited for the visibility of queer black athletes like Richardson, and it does feel discriminatory that she was kept from competing over the use of a legal, non-performance-enhancing drug, especially one that has become utilized by many white-owned businesses recently, such as Mendy. Even with that disappointing exclusion, there is still a great amount of queer visibility, including Alana Smith, an openly non-binary skater, Kayla Miracle, the first out LGBTQIA wrestler, and a plethora of out and proud athletes in countries throughout the world. In gymnastics, we're proud of Simone Biles for prioritizing her mental health and for Suni Lee for being the first Hmong American in the Olympics, winning gold in the all-around. Suni's victory in the Olympic Games was momentous for the Hmong community globally. There's so much pressure for these athletes, and we want to make sure that they are recognized for their amazing work. I know. The job they do is so amazing, and obviously visibility is everything. Right now, we'll actually be turning our attention to visibility behind the scenes of film and television and take a deep dive into writers' rooms. When it comes to delivering diverse stories on screen, representation starts behind the camera. Writers' rooms are responsible for crafting complex storylines and creating dynamic characters, which is why it is so crucial to give a voice to a variety of different individuals with unique perspectives. However, many networks fail to hire people of color, women, LGBT individuals, and other identities outside of heterosexual white men. In recent years, big-name writers and showrunners have made a huge splash by creating revolutionary new series. Shonda Rhimes' production company, Shondaland, has created several different shows with women, queer characters, and characters of color at the forefront. 
The work that she's done at ABC and now with Netflix has created an immense amount of opportunities for other women writers and creators. The hit series Pose, as we mentioned before, employs major queer creators such as Janet Mock, Our Lady J, and Stephen Canals to tell the story of ballroom culture with authenticity. Netflix's Russian doll even boasts an entire staff of women writers. Many creators like Issa Rae, Mindy Kaling, Rami Youssef, Michaela Cole, and Donald Glover have also become some of Hollywood's most sought-after talent both on screen and as writers, directors, and producers, and have created countless opportunities for other young writers in their fields. I mean, the amount of critical acclaim that shows like Insecure, Never Have I Ever, Rami, I May Destroy You, and Atlanta have all achieved, really, is a clear indicator of why we need more diverse creators to be given the chance to have their stories produced. Even with the success of these shows, there is more work that needs to be done to bring in more diverse voices into writers' rooms. Back in 2017, Color of Change Hollywood commissioned a research study by Darnell Hunt on the racial and gender dynamics in Hollywood writers' rooms. And even with the major standouts we just mentioned, the report found that in the time of the report, white writers made up 86% of writers in Hollywood and 91% of showrunners. But the good news is that improvements have been made since then. A WGAW diversity report from 2020 found that last year, people of color made up 35% of television writers and 18% of showrunners. Statistics only tell a part of the story, however. So after a quick break, we are very excited to bring on television writer Christina Wu on our show to talk about her experiences in the writers' rooms. This episode is brought to you by Wolf Greenfield, an inclusive intellectual property law firm based in Boston and New York, offering a full range of IP services, including patent prosecution and litigation, opinions and counseling, trademarks, licensing, diligence, and more. Diversity and inclusion are integral parts of Wolf Greenfield's culture and are critical components of the firm's goals of innovation and teamwork and providing clients with optimal service. They understand that they have a professional obligation to promote equal access to justice. And this obligation begins at Wolf Greenfield, where they promote a collegial and familial atmosphere, set diverse hiring and retention goals, and mentor new team members. Check out their Diversity Fellowship Program, where IP Law Fellows are awarded up to $25,000. Christina Wu is a Chinese-American film and TV writer based in Los Angeles and has worked on The Affair, Sorry for Your Loss, Halston, and Players, which will air on Paramount Plus in 2022. Thank you, Christina, for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Our episode is all about writers' rooms today, so we are wondering um, what kind of values do you look for in a team that you're working with? Well, so that's a interesting question because I certainly know what my values are um but I'm not like in control at all like I'm the one who's Mm -hmm. like I'm not yet in like running my own show so the best I can do not yet thank you yes not yet (laughs) me personally though you know obviously I want to work with kind people I've been lucky all the shows that I've worked on have been populated with kind incredibly smart, talented people. But you know, you never, you kind of never know what the room's going to be like until you're there. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like if I were to run a room, I would A, want to make sure that everyone I'm working with um, 
are kind people who know how to collaborate and listen. And I care a lot about the diversity of the room. And again, like being in, currently in a position where I'm still getting hired on shows, I'm not yet running my own show. I have no control over who else is in the room. But, you know, my hope going into every room is always that it's racially diverse. There's diversity in terms of gender representation, sexuality. And I think everyone's like trying their best. But for instance, I've never I've I've yet to be in a writer's room that is majority non-white. And like, again, I've had thankfully amazing experiences in all these writers rooms that I've been in. But I do wonder, like even on the best days, like I do wonder what it would be like to be in a in a in a room filled with people who maybe I we don't have to like explain so much to each other, you know. So being an Asian American writer, do you feel pressure to represent for the community um, in addition to your responsibility as a writer um, and not just, you know, representing Asian Americans, but just being a woman of color? You know, the, the short answer to your question is yes. The way people staff rooms is it's it's like just how you would staff or like, you know, put it together a roster for like a sports team. Let's just say basketball. You know, there are five people on the court at all times. Of course, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want all five people having like the same exact skill. You want everyone bringing different things to the court, literally to the court so that they can accomplish a goal, which is win the game. So it's the same thing with writers rooms. It's not like every single writer is being hired because everyone is like good at the same exact thing and has the same exact voice. And sometimes that includes whatever you identify is. And sometimes it is just based on the writing. Like on Halston, I was really lucky. Um, My boss, who I also worked on the affair with, he just has always been a champion of mine and a mentor of mine. And he was just like, I want to give you your first staff job. Um, And he knew I loved fashion and, you know, was into Halston and like New York in the seventies. So like really we were digging into like showing how everyone was like a full realized person and not just like their cardboard cut out from like page six. I guess in that case, I, f- I felt strongly about making sure our female characters were well-rounded. Um, and that's the thing. It's like, it's never foisted upon me, but like, it is something that I care about. So if I'm getting a sense that like, mm, Elsa's feeling kind of flat or like, I don't really know why Liza's doing that. I will jump in and say something. I think the best way to correct course is to have a good pitch. Uh, like so much of creating story is making sure you're creating like a really nuanced original story or something that's surprising or something that we haven't seen before. Uh, Like a a good lesson that I learned on the affair is like, why tell the same story that we've seen over and over again? Like why not actually just try something different? And so I think a, a big part of that does tie into like, well, yeah, I guess our female character could be interested in, like, getting a boyfriend, but, like, what if she wasn't? You know what I mean? Like, things as easy as that is, like, what if she just, like, was good at her job and liked it and, like, didn't care about finding a man? Like, that, like, things as simple as that. It's like, it's like, yeah, great. Like, that's a great pitch. Like, let's do that, you know? Or, like, I don't know. It's like, it's a, it's a hard thing for me to separate um, my writing and the things that I care about which is, you know, racial diversity, sexual identity diversity, you know, all that stuff. So like, and it comes naturally to the table, I'm sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I th- or just like making sure that what we're showing is not just like a weird sort of stereotype that we've seen over and over again that like isn't true to life. You know, it's like this person is a whole person and maybe they're the way all the ways they identify will affect their day and maybe it won't like we you need to tackle it every step along the way. And, you know, on the show that I just worked on, it's about video games and the world of uh, esports, especially the show that I worked on is about League of Legends. There are tons of Asian and Asian American players. And so I wasn't the only uh, Asian writer in the room. Um, but I did, you know, again, it's like whether or not I'm being asked to, which I wasn't, you know, but like there are certain things that I can speak to more and there are certain things that like there are certain things that I'll have a different perspective on or maybe a more nuanced perspective because I've I have a certain lived experience. So it's a it's a, it's a complicated thing because no one's specifically ever saying like we need you to service this character. But at the same time, it's like if we know the breakdown of every single episode and what it's going to be about and one of the episodes is going to feature one of our main Asian characters and I'm one of a few Asian writers in the room, it's like, well, I can pretty much guess that that's the episode I'm going to be, you know, sent off to write. Do you feel that being one of just a few women presents unique challenges in the writer's room? For example, sometimes women in different fields and industries have to deal with being talked over and interrupted, and it can feel like it's difficult to be heard. Have you faced that at all in your experience? Thankfully, no. Um, I've been really lucky to work in... Rooms that were either like 50-50 men, win- men and women or majority women or like just people who are kind and good at listening and good at receiving. Um, you know, it's I think that there have been times where because of my lived experience as a woman, I have had to like advocate for things a little bit more or just, you know, I don't know, repeat myself a little bit, but I've never had to do it in a way that I felt like I wasn't being heard or I was being ignored. Um, In fact, I almost feel like, like, you know, it's like I really need to make sure I'm articulating myself exactly in the way that I want to be received because I'm almost being like listened to too intensely, (laughs) which is like nice, but also like kind of a lot of pressure. But, But I think, but that, you know, that's the... That's the other side of this diversity coin. Like, everyone should be doing the work to be educating themselves, but also just if rooms were more diverse, there would have there would be less of this sort of like emotional labor being done and like maneuvering. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I mean it's a really complicated topic, and a uh, thing that I get kind of annoyed by a lot of time is when. When a non-trade publication, a trade publication being like Variety, Hollywood Reporter, Deadline versus like New York Times, Wall Street Journal, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just a a general newspaper or like a general media source. Mm -hmm. Right. uh, Talks about diversity and gender equality and the gender gap in entertainment. I think it's really easy to get caught up in certain more visible aspects of the industry. But if you're not thinking about it holistically, it almost feels like fingers are being pointed in the wrong direction. You know, everyone, everyone can scream about like, oh, 
look at the makeup of this writer's room. How? But it's like, but if you don't have studio heads and studio executives and network executives and producers and financiers, those are the people who are doing the hiring. Those are the people who are like right. green lighting things like it, there needs to be diversity all across the board. So as a conclusion, yeah, do you want to tell the audience um, any cool projects you're working, any, you know, Twitter or Instagram handles you would like for them to check out if they want to learn more about you? Sure. I mean, I'm really trying not to be in social media anymore. It's just so bad for all of us. But I am oh, yeah. on Instagram. Honestly, I don't there. blame you. <laughs> but that being said, I am on Instagram at uh, Christina Wu 14 if you do want to look at the random pictures I post. You can check me out on IMDb. That honestly might be the most useful. I hope everyone subscribes to Paramount Plus so that they can watch Players in the new year. Uh, it's very, it's a very funny show. It is by the guys who did American Vandal, um, Tony Ascenda and Dan Peralt, and it is about the world of esports and League of Legends. Um, Uh, I am in an artist collective called The Third Space. We are a bunch of artists, activists, just sort of using our art to raise voices and sort of work out our own sort of like existential questions that we had. Like I actually worked on a podcast with this group called American Ritual and our first uh, season was about Thanksgiving, actually. That's sort of in real time, kind of really kind of figuring out our feelings about like this ritual that we all do every year maybe can we reframe it in a way that is respectful of Native American culture and the land that we are on that is fully not ours. Um, We're working in a new season right now that will address American exceptionalism. So it really is just kind of us (laughs) working out our feelings about America. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Christina. It was lovely having you on the show and um, yeah, excited to see your upcoming work. Thank you so much. It was so great being here. Thank you for having me. This episode of the Incluvia Movie Podcast was hosted by me, Matthew Stuso, and our executive producer and founder of Incluvia, Kathy Yee. Our show is produced and edited by Hazel Bolivar. Our theme music is by Waterboy. You can visit Incluvia.com to see the Incluvia score for a movie and read reviews focused on diversity and identity in media. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram or support us on Patreon at Incluvia. That's I-N-C-L-U-V-I-E. Thank you so much for listening, and be sure to join us in two weeks when we will be discussing streaming and cinema.